traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's with Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew is like a zipline of incredible flavor directly into your brain. Mountain Dew is like getting punched in the mouth with pure neon refreshment that creates a neural explosion sending flavor shards of electric brain pulses into your very core of being. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top, but you get the idea. The fact is, the mind-bending challenge of describing the taste of Mountain Dew is way harder than just experiencing it. That, of course, is easy. Just grab a nice cold dew, crack it open, and toss them back. Mountain Dew. Do the dew. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I have two guests who sit on NCIA's Risk Management and Insurance Committee. My first guest is Tamala McBath. She's the Executive Director of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association as the Chief Execution Officer. 
and Rocco Petrelli, Chairman of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Welcome to the show, both of you. It's great to have you. Thanks for taking some time to update us on what's going on in, in risk management insurance in cannabis. Um, first, I'd like to start by getting to know both of you a little bit better. Um, let's learn more about your background and what kinds of experiences you had professionally and otherwise before getting into this really exciting world of cannabis. Uh, Tamala, would you like to begin? Sure. Thanks so much for having us today, Bethany. Uh, my background is in healthcare, actually. I have 30 years of healthcare operations. In addition to that, about 10 years of healthcare risk and compliance nationally with um, many of the major underwriters in the industry. So just bringing those skill sets um, to bear in the cannabis industry now has been a lot of fun. We find there's a lot of synergies between the two. So um, it's been a great learning curve. So enjoy that part of it. Absolutely. I mean, I think many of us think of cannabis as it started as a medical patient movement. So mm -hmm. the healthcare aspect is certainly never going to go away when it comes to cannabis. So perfect sense, perfect synergies, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. From a personal standpoint, um, I lost both my parents to uh, cancer. And um, I think now knowing what I know or what I learned after that fact many years ago uh, really ignited my passion around medical marijuana because mm. I feel that there was suffering that they went through that could have been avoided and their quality of life could have been, you know, could have been much better um, at the end or going through that treatment. And so that's a, you know, that's my passion, a part of my passion behind uh, making sure this industry remains safe and viable. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Thank you for sharing it's that. Okay. I, okay. I totally agree. Yeah. Mm. Um, Rocco, let's let's get to know you as well. What, what what kinds of things have you been doing over the years before finding yourself in the cannabis space? Yeah, thanks, Bethany. I took an interesting route. Uh, I'm I'm a chemical engineer by or by education, excuse me, and and I spent uh, the vast majority of my career in automotive components manufacturing. Uh, of which, uh, you know, I learned very little about cannabis, but, uh, you know, risk management became a secondary part of my life because uh, uh, depending on your knowledge of the industry, you understand that it's, it's one of the most uh, uh, regulated industry from a, a quality conformance and uh, compliance standpoint. And I find it exciting because uh, you know, some people will find out about my background and they'll say, well, what do you really know about risk management? And, and the story I love to say or to tell is that uh, you know, when I was in automotive components and one of my plants would have been responsible for shutting down, for example, the, the powertrain line for the Ford F-150 pickup truck uh, because of a quality issue with the component that we were supplying or a delivery issue with the component that we were supplying. Uh, my bill was $500,000 a day. So when you're faced with that type of consequence, uh, risk management comes routine. 
And what I really enjoy is the opportunity to take all of those tools that I learned and all of those techniques that I learned in 30 years in automotive components manufacturing and, and applying them to a brand new industry that, mm. that is equally sensitive to that type of consequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's why I love asking this question because you just never know. People have such diverse backgrounds and there's so much that can be brought to the cannabis industry in all of its beautiful complexities. Mm -hmm. um, so here we are uh, in the cannabis industry. Um, I also enjoy hearing the stories um, about why you're involved in the industry. If, you, if you're passionate for a particular reason, if it was a light bulb moment, if you fell over backwards into it. How about you, Rocco? You know, agreeing with Tamala. It, it has its origin in, in the medical side. Uh, I've had, uh, you know, I'm of, the, I'm of the age where I had a number of friends who uh, served in, in the Vietnam conflict. And, mm -hmm. and I've seen the impact on some of them psychologically and believe in cannabis as, uh, as a, uh, you know, healing mechanism for things like post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, you know, being in, in manufacturing my, my, nearly my whole career, you know, it was, uh, I had, you know, staffs of, of maintenance people that are responsible for keeping uh, the equipment running in a lot of these facilities. And many of them were befelled by, you know, typically back injuries that had to do with you know, just doing their job and wear and tear over the years. And, and I've seen a number of them uh, fall to the trap of opioids mm -hmm. and uh, certainly feel that cannabis, particularly on the medical side, mm -hmm. offers a solution to that, that uh, condition or malady as well. So, but then after getting at it, uh, I, I appreciate also the adult use side and appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, although maybe some would argue that as a country we have enough vices, uh, it's really past that because uh, it's it's a uh, you know it's a method of treatment that people can choose whether it's prescribed by their doctor or not to yeah. help them get from day to day. And if we do it right, it'll it'll stay in that high quality of service for the users as the industry grows. Absolutely. Agree. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so before we take our first commercial break here, uh, you are both with the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Um, so I, I'd like to learn a little bit more about what the organization does and, and what the goals are this year and kind of what you do. Um, Tamala, would you like to take that? Sure. Uh, in my role, I feel that I'm responsible for, you know, building and nurturing relationships with, with industry stakeholders. And um, I re I'm responsible for day-to-day -day operations, of course, of the NCRMA. That includes business development, risk management services, and um, our education platform as well, which we've created, you know, to really serve the needs of our members and the cannabis industry at large. Our mission is really to make our members better, and we do that through 
um, education support and expertise. And our goal is really to be able to increase the level of understanding and um, um, efficiency even as well, but really knowledge around what risk management really is. And I know we're gonna get into that a little bit more, but um, that's our primary goal. We, need, we really need to share that with the industry so that um, you know, we can sustain businesses and move forward. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Rocco, would mm-hmm. you like to add to that? <clears throat> yes, uh, from, from our vantage point, I mean, the mission uh, started out as uh, a simple mission with a complex delivery. And uh, we've stayed consistent with that mission since, uh, you know, really since our commencement. Uh, our mission is to make our members better. And as Tamala said, we do that through education, support, and expertise. Uh, we, we, we pride ourselves in being a very responsive association. And we've been rewarded with, uh, you know, a position of, of that we cherish. And that's one of high integrity and trust uh, within our members and within, within the cannabis industry. So, so anything, you know, our, our, our rule rule is anything that our members feel is a risk to their business, that we will, we will offer solutions through those platforms of education, support, expertise, right. uh, and what we call our disruptive or innovative risk management platform. Excellent. All right. Thanks for that breakdown. And we're going to talk more when we come back from this first break. So sit tight and stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, and I'm chatting with a couple of members who sit on NCIA's Risk Management and Insurance Committee, Tamala McBath and Rocco Petrelli, who both are with the NCRMA, National Cannabis Risk Management Association. So, Rocco, I am definitely no expert in insurance or risk management. That's typically one of those things we leave to the experts, like accountants and lawyers. Um, But I I certainly do understand the basics. But let's go into some of that for us non-experts. You know, what comes first, the risk or the insurance? Or how do they relate to each other? 
Well, you're you're even if you were or considered yourself an expert in this field, you're you're justifiably confused because there's a number of <laughs> <laughs> there's a number of mixed messages floating around the cannabis industry that really come back to this chicken or egg question as you've have you as you presented it. But we're we're very clear on that. I mean, the the insurance professionals like to think that insurance is is the reason and the purpose for risk management, but actually it's quite the opposite. And the example that I'll give you comes back to sort of a scientific basis, but you know, so so scientists a lot of times when they when they try to understand the maximum achievable result of an experiment, will will conduct that experiment or at least simulate that experiment on what they call theoretical terms, mm-hmm. and and the way we like to explain it is if you had a theoretically perfect risk management platform that guaranteed that nothing bad would ever happen to you or your business, then you wouldn't need insurance. So, so what- Wouldn't that do, be nice? <laughs> um, that would just make this all so- On a lot so of fronts. Yeah. <laughs> be nice on a lot but, of fronts. But, you know, things aren't as, uh, things aren't that theoretical. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you need to have in your business and to make your business successful, you need to have a comprehensive risk management platform. And because things are not theoretically perfect, that risk management platform needs to, uh, needs to uh, contain proper types and proper levels of different insurance coverages. And you know, Rocco, on that point, um, you, you can't have theoretical uh, perfection as long as we have humans in the mix. You know, along as long as we have uh, human beings doing the work, there's going to exactly. always be risk. You know? That's why they call it human error, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this this risk management is kind of reminding me of, um, you know, this this ability that humans have to ruminate and have anxiety and just basically try to predict everything that could go wrong. Is that called Murphy's law? Anything that can go wrong? Well, <laughs> it, it can go wrong. Um, so oh, that's called 2020, uh, Bethany. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. 2020. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. We've renamed it to, yeah, that was exactly. Uh-huh. Um, gosh, you are so right. But it, you know, it seems like the, the, this is an exercise in um, thinking about possible things that could go wrong and, and having a plan for them instead of having to be reactive. Um, so kind of an anxiety exactly. joke there, but it seems mm-hmm. seems about right. I thought you weren't an expert. Exactly. <laughs> Sounded I mean, really just, good to just, me. You just articulated that perfectly. It's all about proactivity. Mm-hmm. In putting I'm changing in. fields. Clearly I'm in the wrong line of work. All right. I, I think we have a job for you, Bethany. <laughs> And, you know, to, to elaborate on that, you know, I've always said I've been in risk for many years. So I've always said, you know, I'm not really a Debbie Downer and I'm not one that walks around saying the sky is falling. But if the sky should fall, <laughs> I want to be you, ready. Exactly. Do you know what to do just in case? So I look at it that way. And risk management, really, it's not an overlay. You know, risk mitigation has to be a part of the day to day operation and it has to be trained at every level for, you know, for it to work for us. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of 2020 and, and the future, <laughs> 2021 is, is an interesting year so far as well. Um, now that we're past the inauguration of 
the Biden-Harris administration. We're past the election. We have a friendlier Congress ahead of us as far as um, cannabis policy goes. The idea of federal legalization seems even closer within reach. Everyone's kind of talking about that now. Um, so with legalization presumably around the corner here, what are your thoughts on the potential legal ramifications to the industry? It takes it from a state-based system to this big federal world. Tamala, would you like to oh, take sure, that? Oh, sure, sure. I'll take that. I was deferring, but I'll be glad to take that. You know what I really uh, feel about where we're going Bethany, is that we've got to get past this false sense of security that having insurance mitigates risks. Because if as we move into legalization, a lot of other things are going to move into the space. And so it opens us up to um, increase litigation. And if we continue just to feel like if we haven't gotten caught, if nobody has really mentioned it, if there's not a problem, if we don't see the theft, if we um, don't see the issues with um, um, our operation over a period of time, then we're okay. And that's really not going to be the case. And I believe as we move into a, a legalized state, then we'll also have increased um, pressure and increased focus on what we are not getting right. So I think that we need to, in the industry, take this time to get our operations up to speed and uh, get educated on what we, what we need to know uh, to avoid that. But we know that it's, you know, we know that it's coming. So there's a lot of positives out of legalization, but they're also, it's also going to bring a lot of players into the arena that aren't there now. Mm. If you, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously, obviously we need a solution to, to, to the banking. Uh, oh yeah. Exactly. exactly. Because, you know, the, the, the inability to have a, a reasonable relationship with the bank just causes a lot of risk within. It does. It does. And uh, but, you know, past that, I, I like to tell people that that are always championing this federal legalization. Uh, I give them the, the advice that my father gave me, you know, be careful what you ask for. Because, uh, you know, mm -hmm. with with uh, federal involvement it is going to be is going to come a lot more regulation, a lot more compliance. And, and from what I hear and the people that we talk to, which is our members, mm -hmm. I mean, our members are pretty happy with this being a, a state regulated uh, commerce, very similar to insurance. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if the feds could just get their act together enough to uh, decriminalize it, of course, because, you know, it, it's, it doesn't belong on schedule one. That's, mm -hmm. that's been proven for a long, long time. I mean, that came from, Richard Nixon's paranoia around the protesters of the Vietnam War, right, and and trying to squelch that. So if we could get it, if we could get it descheduled and come up with a solution for banking, and then leave it up to the states, I think that'd be our perfect solution. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, there's been a few other episodes I've done here on this show where we just talk about how you know the feds are coming one day and we're better off at if we regulate ourselves early now, if we look within and right. try to predict what the FDA or what have you agencies are going to ask of us, let's get ahead of that now, make mm -hmm. it easy for them. So then when they 
come around, they, they may actually be impressed mm -hmm. that we had so much foresight and yep. forethought yep. and planning. And the cannabis industry is full of so many thoughtful people. The, the, the focus on compliance is, is for real. It is for real. It's, mm -hmm. it's a mantra that people in the cannabis industry wake up and say every day in the mirror, compliance, compliance, compliance. So it's, it's in our blood at this point for sure. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're about to take our next uh, commercial break here. And, and when we come back, I, I want to get a little more into uh, these companies that are going to be exposing themselves under this potential umbrella legalization. So let's just take this last commercial break here and come right back and chat more with the folks from NCIA's Risk Management and Insurance Committee. Stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been taking a deep dive with Tamala McBath and Rocco Petrelli from NCIA's Risk Management and Insurance Committee, and also the Risk Management Cannabis Associ and Insurance Cannabis Association. Mm -hmm. um, so we were we were in in the thick of talking about this potential of federal legalization and what that means and and if that when the fda gets involved and and we were mentioning how cannabis companies are currently operating at the state level under state regulations and and you can't just cross state lines and open another business there's an entirely different licensing process in each state and each state has their differences. Um, so with this prospect of the umbrella legalization in the United States, this will change the legal landscape and how businesses operate. And, and I want to talk about that, that exposure. Uh, Rocco, would you like to take that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, to, to, to just maybe rewind a bit, because I, I try to be, you know, try not to be too critical of, uh, of our federal government, but but uh, <laughs> you know what one one real advantage that I see is that uh, you know I think the feds would do a really good job as creating a central depository for research mm. uh, because we see it you know we see it in action with with the COVID vaccine and just how quickly we can we can make things happen when when the Fed binds together and everybody gets behind the right cause and certainly research around cannabis, uh, you know, is, uh, is a bit deficient at this point. And I think the feds could really bring that to the table. Uh, in, in terms of uh, legal exposure, uh, I think whether, what, you know, let, let's, let's remove the word cannabis and let's talk about anything. Hmm. 
does an individual or a company have more legal exposure when the feds get involved? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tamala, would you like to add some thoughts onto that here as we get into our last two or three minutes of the show? No, I really think that um, Rocco covered that point very well. And I just think as an organization, we want to be mindful of that and stay ahead of the game. Uh, we want to also keep our focus around, you know, social equity and inclusion as uh, we move toward legalization. We can't ignore that, you know, piece of it because um, as we move toward that, there, there should be more opportunity uh, for women and Blacks, Indigenous and, um, people and uh, people of color. And um, as an association, we really want to keep our eye on that and keep those conversations open and get beyond um, you know, some of the anecdotal information that we have and really look at inclusion uh, from an ownership, at an ownership level mm. and what is the path into the industry and how do we prepare mm. um, people for that path into the industry and hopefully, uh, you know, open some doors in, yeah. the, in that area. And empower, I and agree. And empower, exactly. And empower for success, not just to get in the industry, but to remain and be successful. You know, that's a legacy move. It's not just about today. It's about, yeah. you know, what we're doing for, you know, generations to come. Yes. And, and on that note, I do want to give a shout out to uh, NCIA's Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee, one of mm -hmm. the other committees. We have about 13 committees at the association here at NCIA now. And so, so the DEI committee is doing great work. We have uh, accepted over 125 equity scholarship recipients. These are these are social equity folks who um, in various states have applied for a license under social equity pr provisions and qualify. Mm -hmm. So we're giving them a complimentary one-year membership to NCIA so they can be set up for success and meet all the right people and get the right information. And I, I want to give some thanks to a couple sponsors of our DEI program, Copper State Farms and Tahoe Wellness Center. Thanks to those two members of NCA who stepped up to become program sponsors of that. And as we're wrapping up the show here, thank you for being on this podcast. I hear you also have a podcast on Cannabis Radio. Uh, do you want to talk about that for just a sec here? Sure. Yeah, Pamela, go ahead. I mean, it was your brainchild, so uh, I'm just along for the ride. Oh, I don't know. I think we both, you know, are are couple are culpable in this, but um, now we're really excited about it. Chronic risk. We've almost been in operation for a year, and we're definitely growing. When I say growing, I mean the depth. Uh, that we're bringing to the table. And, and I would say that's coming to the table is what we're really excited about, trying to keep our pulse on the needs of the members and make sure that we're putting out content that um, they can use and that they can learn from and get good information. One of the things our members expressed to us early on is, is you know, being able to trust what's coming out of the media, being able to trust different sources. And that's something that we're really trying to do is the voice of risk management in the cannabis industry. Mm. Well, congratulations on coming up on your first year of, Thank you. of hosting. I, I know, I know that first year, <laughs> it's it, tough, it, isn't it? it takes a lot of work. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Thanks for recognizing that, Bethany. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's, it's not just, uh, you know, flapping my, my gums here. It's a, right. it does, right. 
does take a little work. So good luck with the show and and thank you both. I uh, hope everyone tunes into their show, Chronic Risk on Cannabis Radio. And of course, keep listening to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Thank you both for being on the show and thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just 2 bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty? sizzling to perfection. It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.